What is up? Welcome back to the Music Corner. Wrist that awaits. I'm Nate. It's your boy Trent. And I'm Sebastian. And today we are back with the final 2022 album week. This is it before we get to our year end stuff of best songs, worst albums, and best albums. Final week ahead of you. Um, I, a little spoiler, it is probably the most midweek we've ever had, but uh, we the show goes on. We're going to talk about these mid-albums, and we're going to start it off here with a band called High Lung Drift. Uh, Trent, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, so High Lung, uh, Maya actually uh, wanted us to review this one because uh, she really likes High Lung. Uh, they are uh, they're a mix, actually. I think they're from, like... Uh, oh my god, Norway, Germany, and like they're a mix of like European stuff. Um, but they are really cool. Uh, they do like that's Danish, German, and Norwegian. That's what it is. Um, and they do like this like cult like ritualistic music, and it's really really cool. Uh, like they combine like ancient lyrics, uh, with like recordings of different stuff and like dark ambient stuff. Uh, and it's it's really cool. Uh, I will say I gave this a seven out of ten uh, with this album, uh, which was a drift. Uh, there, something about it. I can't remember what song it was, but it was like just the chanting for like a long time, and I think that was really cool. Because uh, like was, looking uh, at like that was like tenant right? Because that was like thirteen minutes. Yeah, thirteen minutes. Yeah, uh, and actually it was funny because after I. T- Maya was like, yeah, you could skip that one if you want. I was, she's like, it's just chanting for like a long time. I was like, I'm not skipping it. I got to listen all out. <laughs> I want to know um, why they're chanting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just some different shit, if that's what you're into, uh, like that European stuff. Um, it's I, I found it really good for background noise, like if you're driving... Or, like, I was playing Minecraft uh, while listening to it, and it was just, like, it was nice for that. Um, I mean, some people listen to it on their own, like, if you understand, uh, you know, some of the uh, the themes and stuff that they're talking about. Uh, it'd definitely be great for everyday listen, but overall, it's a Music Corner 7 from me. They're a really great band, and I would actually love to go see them, uh, but I have no idea if they're coming to the U.S., so... <laughs> Right, like a band like that, I wouldn't expect them to, but you never know. I mean, if we if we get the hue, I mean, anything is possible at that point. You know, that's in- and Powerwolf is doing their first ever shows in the U.S. like next year. They're doing two shows. There you go. The possibilities are endless. You never know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For me, this album was yeah interesting to say the least. It was probably like one of the first kinds that like I've heard in this style in terms of metal. You know. Um, or at least like something that was like somewhat memorable. I also gave it a seven out of ten. I don't have really much to say about it other than the fact that like I really did like how unique it was in terms of like the whole like I don't know like it, it, it like reminded me of just like you know a lot of moments like throat singing kind of thing. Yeah, that's what they're. Yeah, because <laughs> that is what it is. Yeah, and it's it is cool. I do like the ambient uh, moments around you know most of these songs as well. It actually really suits the uh throat singing you know and um 
yeah, there's definitely points in the album where it does drag, such as, you know, Tenet, as I mentioned earlier, that was, like, the longest song at, like, 13 minutes. But, like, even then, at least it's offering something different that, you know, like I said, never heard before. Is it something I would go back to uh, uh, in general, actually? Uh, not really, but at the same time, it's cool to have listened to something like this, just to experience it, you know? Got through the album, didn't really dread it, but... Um, yeah, that's that's all I really have to say about this one. And unfortunately, that might be the same for a lot of these albums, as it was a very midweek for me. But in terms of uniqueness and everything, it's a seven out of ten for sure. Sebastian, this uh, this had some cool vocal stuff. I mean, being someone who is a huge nerd about vocality and just how different cultures use their voice to express different things, uh, I really like the throat singing quite a bit. They also had a lot of like layered growls and chants with like growling in it which I thought were cool additions, you know, especially because it's, like, very tribal, very ritualistic, as Trent mentioned earlier. thought that was cool. Uh, there's also a lot of atmosphere around the songs, and it, it had a lot of good ambiance overall. I know it's a big word for this album, as we're all saying at this point. <laughs> but uh, one thing I will say is I wish I could be in the fucking studio for the chanting because that shit would be just fucking hype. Um, I want to eat, like, a giant, like you know, lamb shack and just fucking, like, scream out these lyrics with a bunch of, like, European, like, tribal people. That would be cool. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tenet reminded me of District 9 with, like, the very, uh, like, loud, like, woman tribal music that would just play in, like, every desert scene that you would see in the movie. I don't know why it reminded me of that, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, I would like to see, like, an A24 horror film with this. Uh, I don't. I guess like Midsummer too, uh, something like that. <laughs> right. Something like that. That'd you know, cool. High Lung. They did use a High Lung song for the trailer of The Northman. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, there was a. I will say there was a fucking talking segment that sounded like a documentary, and I did not care for that. It broke the immersion of the album completely for me. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It, it just kept going. I'm like okay, what is this dude talking about? Like, obviously, you know, maybe it's just uncultured of me not to look up what he's saying, but at the same time, I was driving. I couldn't really yeah. <laughs> couldn't really just pick up my phone and be like, yo, Google, what's up? And <laughs> figure that out. But, um, yeah, so I, I was kind of broken away from the immersion from that. Not, I mean, like I said, if it means something towards the song, you know, that's their choice. I didn't really care for it myself. Um yeah, it's just it's also just a bit too long and dragged out, as uh, Nate and Tread both mentioned. Um, I wish it was just a bit shorter in hindsight, but this is pretty cool. Uh, if I ever decide to learn how to do any throat singing stuff, I might return to this because I'm always exploring different ways to use my voice. So this is pretty cool. I'm giving it a 6.5 out of 10. There you go. Alright, moving along, we got a new album here from the Smith Street Band, Life After Football. I don't know what it is with uh, us listening to albums from bands in Australia that is just like rough as fuck. That all happens to be like rock bands too. <laughs> or punk. Or punk, I yeah. guess, you know. But, oh my god, this one was rough. This one was like... One of the albums that came out uh, last week, which was, uh, in terms of recording today, would have been, uh, was it like 11, uh, what is that? 
1125, November 25th. And uh, that week really did not have anything all that huge other than uh, the, the Stormzy album that we'll get to later. But, like, it, the, this was just, like, I don't know. It was, like, bordering on the lines of, like, pissing me off, mainly because of the vocals. <laughs> I thought he was Scottish. He's not. He's Australian. Okay. Which, yeah, I could see. But I'm like... Bro, what the fuck is this? Like, there's nothing redeemable about his vocals at all. There is a style of punk music like this, you know, that, like, has the rough vocal patches that I can actually enjoy. You know, like Joyce Maynard or some of Mom Jeans or, you know, bands of the sort like that. But when it comes to ones like this where it's just, like, everything sounds fine except for the vocals, I just I can't get into it, you know? And it sucks, too, because there's actually a really good, um, the, the female vocalist who does, uh, what does she do here? Uh, Jess Lock- Yeah, I think she's, like, a, a guitarist, too, for the band, if it's the same person that I'm looking at here. She, she's good. Actually, she actually has a really nice voice, and, like, when she has her moments on the album, it actually makes it, like, a little bit more enjoyable. But, oh my god, it just, for a short album like this, it just dragged for me. And, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely my least favorite of the week. It is a five and a half out of ten for me. I just am not a fan of when vocals for a style of music like this happen. But it is what it is. What are you going to do? Sebastian? I was really disappointed to find out this was not a New Orleans jazz group. Um, <laughs> it sounded like that by name alone. And I got really excited, but no, it's just shitty punk. Uh, I, as you guys know, I am not a big fan of old style punk trying to come out to new audiences because it's like, well, we have better record- recording equipment. It's not cool to sound like shit, at least in my eyes. Um, I do not care for the vocals, not one bit. They suck. Uh, the female vocalist, as Nate mentioned, was great. I wish she was the main vocalist, and that would be great for the band. Um, it's not pushing the envelope for punk. It's not pushing the envelope in any sort of way. It is just a very beat-for-beat punk album. It just, same power chords, same progressions, same crowd-chanting stuff, same lyrical material. It's all the fucking same. But it's Australian. But so. it's Australian. But then again, there, how many fucking actual good punk bands came from Australia? A lot more than this. True, um, true. And same with like the UK and stuff. And yet now it's like, oh yeah, just because we're from there doesn't mean, you know, we're going to create the next big one. Uh, yeah, this sucks. Um, I wish punk could just do something new or just stop existing at this point. Uh, four out of ten. I hear you. Trent? Yeah, copy and paste. Uh, I also gave it a 4 out of 10. Uh, I really think that like this type, I, if you want to put heavy air quotes on type of punk, um, really just shouldn't exist because it's not good. Like like you, like you said, with like Joyce Maynard or something, you know, like that's mm-hmm. that's that's cool shit. But yeah, that, that female vocalist really kind of uplifted a little bit for me. Um, yeah, I mean, everything you guys said is I we all have similar tastes on this type of things. So that just control, that's C, how control it is. V. Yeah, that's it. It's like it's like the it's baby on baby. Control C, control V. I'm cool, baby on baby. <laughs> I hear you, though. Yeah, no problem there. But uh, yeah, moving along. We got a new album here from 
Candlemass, Sweet Evil Son. Sebastian, go ahead. So Trent actually got me into Candlemass earlier this year. Uh, we were driving to Indiana, of all places, and uh, Trent showed me Nightfall, their 1987 album, and I thought Dumb. it was actually really good. Um, I'm not sure, Trent, correct me if I'm wrong, if this was a different vocalist from then to now. Yes, it is. They've had like f- four or five vocalists. Um, okay. That oh, damn, one I didn't was... Know it was that many. Yeah, I think, oh, what the heck was his name? Something like Messiah or something was uh, the older vocalist's name. The only, like, consistent member, I think, has been the bassist and then possibly the drummer. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it definitely does sound like that. (laughs) Because (laughs) it's night and day. Uh, I thought this was going to be an album I would enjoy. But this just sounds like something that came from the 80s. And I, I would say that's a good thing. But at the same time, it's like, how can you remake your old music but make it worse? It's like Iron Maiden. It's just, <laughs> why are you releasing new stuff? There is no reason. No one's asking for this. Just tour. Albeit, an, an, like, what was it, like an 80 or 90 minute album too for yeah. Iron Maiden? I'm like, stop it. Yeah, stop. You don't need to make... Fucking Senjutsu. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to make new music, especially if you're at this point in your career. I mean, fuck, dude. Iron Maiden huge candle mass i mean not as big obviously but like they can still make money touring and they don't need to put out new music to justify it just fucking tour with some other legacy acts and you'll be fine you don't need to release new shit and it's not good all of it sounds the same i'm not saying it's horrible it's not like it's not well played but the vocalists for this group uh, at least for this recording um i swear the guy only had like two notes to his whole range except for like one song where he had like this kind of rob halford kind of uh what you call it mixed voice thing but then the rest of the album was just the same shit word for word and uh i was just like okay how many times can you have grim reapers at your fucking altar okay like how many times can you sacrifice yourself you can't die more than once this isn't dragon ball z okay um (laughs) yeah did not care for this uh Five out of ten. Trent? So, actually, I'm going to go off of what Sebastian said here really quickly. Um, the bassist, like I said, um, was the only, like, really the only consistent member, and he has said that he knows Candlemass is not the same, and that is a reason why they don't really tour, um, and they just want to... Uh, kind of put out music like the oh, i can't remember the the guy's other band um but he's been focusing more on uh his other band um but they don't really tour because he thinks that it's it's not going to be the same and he knows it's not the same uh and so they just do what they want to do and then just don't worry about it um like they are actually, now I'm thinking about it, like in the like dark doom metal stuff, they are like number one of like the big four of doom metal. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Candle, Candle Mass is like, they've been listed as like one of the most like, like the, like the almost like the, not like the fathers of doom metal, like over in um, Europe. But, like, they 
have really like set the stage for a lot of doom metal bands uh with their previous works so like nightfall and epicus doomicus metallicus uh but going into this album uh i didn't know what to expect because i didn't know what members were going to be in it uh but i was a little bit taken back by the vocalist uh like sebastian said it really wasn't anything um uh I don't, I'm at the loss for words. I was going to say it's not really an improvement on the vocals, um, but you know what? It's it's still like most of the same riffs that I know from a lot of uh, some of the newer Candlemass stuff from like um, the like late '90s and shit. So it's a bit nostalgic for me. I still liked it. Uh, overall, I gave it a Music Corner seven, uh, and hopefully, um, I get to listen to nightfall again and be like yeah this is way better <laughs> right uh yeah i didn't realize that these guys had like such a like you know they were they were very credible with this uh, oh style oh yeah of music good for them though honestly like i maybe that might intrigue me enough to like go back and listen to some of their other stuff just to know like you know what made them kind of like you know the founders and like oh yeah you know, like why they were known and everything for this subgenre. Yeah, but, if, um, if you would, if you would go back, honestly, Nightfall, like Sebastian and I both said, like when we were driving on the way down to Indiana, like Nightfall and then Epicus, Dumicus, Metallicus, like those two staples. Bad. All right. Yeah, a little '80s metal for you. Okay. Oh, I do like the album cover too for Nightfall. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is a doom metal album, and it isn't. An, it's not over an hour. That's that's wild. I'm a wow. <laughs> Some of the songs are a little long, though. Like, well, they and they have like interludes here and there, like a minute and a half, two minute interludes. But like, yeah. uh, some of the songs are like over five, six minutes. Fair, I gotcha. But um, yeah. In terms of this album, um, I didn't hate it necessarily, but I was not at all like vibing either. Like, I I remember, I um. I had like you know I use my Spotify search list as kind of a holder of what new albums I'm gonna listen to next and just kind of like save it there to know like okay I'm gonna get to this album and this album etc. Uh, I remember I had this one last for uh, this week actually yeah because I remember it was early in the week and I was like you know I'm probably not gonna like this album so I'm just gonna like give myself a moment but even everything I listened to prior was still pretty mid so I'm like well. It, I'm just gonna get through this. Why not? And uh, I mean, yeah, I got through it. There was long songs. It was, it was slow and like vocally, just I was like, okay, you know, this is just not my style of music at all. And like, it's the case of like, this is an '80s band who already peaked that are just trying to keep going. And it's like the newer stuff is very much not at all like the old stuff in terms of quality. I'm sure, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's bloated in terms of the length for me uh it's like most of these songs are over five minutes um but that outro being only a minute and 13 seconds that was a breath of fresh air <laughs> i was like whoa this song's actually quick um but yeah i don't really have much else to say about this one either i gave it a six out of ten um like i said not the worst thing ever i got through it it's it's, it's doable but it's just nothing i would uh continuously go back to of course but nevertheless that's the first half we got another to go before we get there let's have a word from our sponsor and we're back all right well 
Hopping into it now with a new album, uh, the debut album of Dami and J.D. Beck, Not Tight. Sebastian, take it away. Um, <laughs> sorry, caught me off guard. I was trying to look at for albums for rec- uh, recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'll tell you one thing. This album is, in fact, actually tight as fuck. Um, the grooves are immense. The drumming is phenomenal in every which way. I love the held back grooves in the halftime sections and you don't have to rob me. Uh, I love like the kind of rap grooves that they throw and take a chance with uh, Anderson Pock, who is on two songs on this album, by the way. So if you like your Anderson Pock, got two of them on here for you. <laughs> um, Thundercat, he also shows up uh, for some solid bass and vocal work on bowling. It's a very nice sensual piece. Uh, you know, it's your it's your typical uh, Thundercat affair, but that's never a bad thing, at least for me. Um, the album as well, there's some cool features on there, such as Mac DeMarco. You got Snoop Dogg. You got Herbie fucking Hancock. Where the fuck did they dethaw this dude and just, like, bring him out from, like, the fucking, like, void? Where did that... Uh, Okay, awesome. Um, and then you also have Buster Rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> on all that, like, oh my lord. Uh, yeah, I I feel like this is a great first album from this duo. Uh, some tracks, I will say, not as memorable just due to uh, how jazzy they are. I like jazz. I, li- I think it's cool art form, don't get me wrong. But there's only so many times you can throw crazy solos and like synth progressions and drum fills and all that before i'm like okay how did that song go again (laughs) i'm trying to remember if it's like okay uh, it's like this oh wait shit it did this instead you know Uh, i've listened to this album actually three times this year because uh i remember i listened to it way back when i was gonna recommend it for the podcast at some point but i just forgot to and now since i'm talking about here i will say this is definitely my favorite for the whole week um, just because it is a complete treat to listen to if you're into this type of thing. If you are not a person that enjoys uh, kind of like new age jazz kind of, you know, crazy fills and stuff, or if you don't like Anderson Pac, he's on two songs. You, you, got, you got some songs to work around there. Um, but yeah, if anything, I would like to see a little bit more simplicity to help me kind of remember what's kind of going on in some of these more dense and uh packed songs and honestly i'm not gonna say these people are not talented by any means they 100 percent are uh dami and jd beck are very very fucking talented at what they do and i would love to see them grow and see where they go from here uh i'm gonna give this one an eight out of ten yeah this one was um the, definitely uh, jazzy, to say the least. Um, I was actually introduced to these um, this duo from their, uh, what was that? Yeah, their Adult Swim Festival performance in 2020 with Thundercat and Ariana Grande. That's right. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. They did uh, them changes together, and uh, it is probably one of the best performances of both that song and uh, any Thundercat and Ariana Grande I've seen, you know, with 
uh, Dami and JD Beck in the background there p- going ham, especially in the whole uh, freestyle part of the song. I thought that was fucking badass, and it actually made me enjoy the song. Them changes more. In fact, it makes I like that version better than even like the regular studio version. Like it just sounds so much better. It's so much more fun. Like the original just sounds a little bit too slow for me. So that's why I'm just like, yeah, I can vibe with this. So seeing that they came out with an album and everything and knowing about that whole uh, performance that they did, I was like. Well, shit, like, I wonder how it's going to sound as a whole album. And it was good. It was definitely, um, you know, like I said, it was like a jazzy kind of thing with some really solid features, as Sebastian mentioned. Um, I didn't really have anything saved. Um, it wasn't really an album that I also would necessarily go back to as well. Uh, mainly because, like, there was just nothing that, like, really, like, stood out other than the, um, the features. It was kind of like almost the case like how it was with Polyphia, where it was like the features kind of carried the album. This is kind of the same way, except I didn't like it as much as the Polyphia one. But, um, I mean, as Sebastian said, if this is your thing and, like, you want to, like, groove to some newer proggy jazz shenanigans, then these guys are for you. I am still very curious to see, though, uh, what they do in their careers and maybe, like come out with material that I will even like more than this and maybe, you know, give the, uh, maybe even give this one more of a chance too down the line, but we'll see. Uh, in terms of rating though, I gave this one a Music Corner 7 as well. And um, yeah, I would definitely say to check them out too, especially if you want to get something new in your uh, your jazzy life. Uh, yeah, Dami and JD back, why not? Uh, Trent? Yeah, I mean, it's, like they say, it's jazz. It's cool. Um I, I was never really into, like, the jazzy stuff, uh, really until I met Sebastian. I think you were the one who kind of got me more into that, like, introducing me to, like, Thundercat and stuff. Um, and so with, you know, Thundercat being on its album and everything that it was, it was enjoyable. Uh, I think overall, uh, for this type of thing, uh, I honestly kind of think 45 or 44 minutes is a bit too long. Uh, I wouldn't mind a bit shorter uh, just because it's a lot, you know, a lot of like jumbled up stuff. But overall, for what it was, it was pretty good. Uh, I gave it a seven out of ten. All the people who were on it, you know, Snoop, Buster Rhymes, Anderson Pack, Mac DeMarco, like all these people, great people. Um, So for the whole project and it being like a debut, I think it's a pretty good fucking job for a start. Hell yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, all right, moving along, we got a new album from Breakins, uh, Hypochondriac. Yes, Breakins is back, coming off of his uh, 2020 release that we reviewed, Punk 2, which I I fucked with that one. I really liked that one. I think it was due to like the whole like blend of hyperpop and alternative that he was kind of doing, you know, and like his like deeper voice that like I typically am not always a fan of when it comes to this style of music, but like for some reason with him it works and you know if it works it works so it's a good thing i love songs on there such as dropout and fuck boy and uh sauce in the rough some big highlights from that one for sure uh but now he's back with another full-length album here that uh it's kind of like doing more of that whole you know the 
as I mentioned, like somewhat of like a hyper pop influence thing, but like more on the alternative rock spectrum. Almost reminded me of like some Midwestern emo stuff, like American football in terms of like some of the guitar licks, just not as complex or mathy, you know. Uh, but definitely gives me that vibe for sure, uh, especially in songs like you know like Buggin' and Caffeine. Uh, the starting songs on the track here. And I think Venus Flytrap, too, had something along the lines of that. Um, compared to the Punk 2 album, this one was definitely a little bit more slow on certain songs, um, such as, which one was it? Uh, Deep Fake and Introvert definitely had, like, some very slow moments. And, like, I wouldn't say, I guess, yeah, I could say it dragged a little bit, uh, mainly because, like, these are some of the longer songs on the album at both five and a half and six minutes, uh, respectively. Uh, but even then, like, it still sounded good. It's just nothing I really wanted to add to my playlist. The one that, one of the longer ones I did fuck with, though, was Stung, mainly because, like, the first, like, I would say, like, uh, three-fourths of the song truly were just, like, a great it was fantastic and then it just kind of slowed down a bit too much at the end of the song but even then like building up to it was just great um once again too like his vocal delivery uh works for me at least like i just something about his voice man it just really gets me uh cbd is still a song that holds up really well for me uh, but what I fucked with the most on this one were the transitions on this album. This was a case of some really fucking good transitions. Like, the the biggest one, I know I just mentioned these two songs, but CBD and Stung, both back-to-back. I didn't realize that CBD ended at all and Stung began because of how smooth the transition was. Like, it's almost like, you know... You can take, you know, how the week ended on Dawn FM from um, How Do I Make You Love Me to Take My Breath or with Billie Eilish's uh, NDA to Therefore I Am. Great transitions to both songs, right? You can kind of tell when it does break off, though, especially because it was like a single, you know, for both of those so songs on their respected albums. This one, CBD, was the single and... Stung was never, it was like the unreleased one that's just a part of the album. So like, I didn't expect a transition to happen at all. And when it happened, because CBD is such a short song, I was just like, oh, I don't remember this song being that long. And then like, I looked at my phone, I'm like, wait, this is the next song already? Like, we're like two minutes in? What the fuck? Like, it's just, oh, it was beautiful. And I think, um, I believe it was Bug into Caffeine or Caffeine the Venus Flytrap that it had another smooth transition too. It was great. Like I I love uh what Breakins does in terms of that. Like he is actually like really like musically talented in this style of uh of music he does. Um but anyway, this album is definitely my favorite of the week. It is an eight out of ten. I did not like it as much as Punk 2. Um, like, if I had to compare the two, I would definitely say Punk 2 is the best one, uh, of his releases so far, but this is a very, like, you know, solid sophomore album. Nice little follow-up to that, I would say, so, good on you, break-ins. Uh, Trent, though, take it away. Yeah, I didn't realize how big he was, um, because there he's were, popping, saw... He's popping off, yeah. Yeah, because, well, it came out today, yeah? Yes. Yeah, and like I saw so many people I knew on Instagram were just like, "Oh my god, new break it's out!" When they're posting all these songs, I'm like, I didn't even know. I like, I barely knew who this motherfucker was. <laughs> uh, but I do like uh, what you said about um, kind of like that midwestern like emo stuff because that is, that kind of fits uh, with especially this, with his voice um, and everything too. Like, oh yeah, yeah. with the whole, yeah, and I it, it thought it was really really cool. Um, the 
one thing that really got me was a line in teeth. Um, it was like this really cool, like double entendre. Um, and it was the line fighting for my will. Like the ring is Elden fucking hell, man. Um, I thought it was really cool because, you know, it talks about Elden ring, uh, a game of the year contender. Um, and then if you look at like the word Elden, like and how it's being referenced, it's like to that old age. And he's like, kind of like fighting for aspirations. I thought it was really, really cool. Um, Overall, though, I mean, with that, it kind of boosted up because Elden Ring is a great fucking game. Um, it was a bit long for me, and some of the uh, some of those transitions were really kind of fucky. Um, I th- can't remember the song. It might have been Teeth, actually, um, where it was like it like slowed down, sped up, and then went back, rewinded it, slowed down, sped up again, and it was just that constant loop. And I was like, oh my god, it was it was really weird. Um, but you know what? It works fucking great for you, man. Uh, I give it a six out of 10 overall though. Again, it's pretty good. Hell yeah. Special with this album. I definitely enjoyed the kind of glitch hop kind of glitch, glitchy stuff that was happening. Glitchy, glitchy. Uh, had a really cool, like almost hyper pop breakdown. I thought that was really cool. Um, <clears throat> the uh, preparation exercise seven had a wild ass beat, which was definitely uh, some good shit as well. I wish I cared a single bit about the vocals. I did not like them one bit at all. Um, not saying they were like bad or anything. They were just really bland compared to everything else that was going on. And I would definitely like to see a little bit more animation from the vocals. Uh, and that's just me. As someone who likes expressive singers quite a bit, I wish I would like to see a little bit, or I wish I could see a little bit more expression from the singer, especially with all this crazy shit going on. You know, obviously it's kind of like playing the straight man in a world of craziness, but I didn't think the style really worked with that kind of aesthetic, at least to me. Uh, But I really fucked with all the instrumentals. They were awesome. Um, especially with breakup at the end, that was an awesome way to like kind of blast the sound at you one last bit right before you leave. That was awesome. But I wish the vocals just had a little bit more character and that's probably it. I'm not going to rate the album too poorly based on that because everything about the album, except for that one part was stellar. And I mean, goddamn stellar. I'm giving this one a seven out of 10. Hell yeah. Alright, we got one more album for the year. The final one we're reviewing for the year. Uh, well, possibly, because, you know, usually when we get to the best of episode, we do like one or two big ones that come out in December. But nevertheless, in terms of full episodes, we are going to talk about the new Stormzy album, as mentioned earlier. This is what I mean. Trent, take it away. Dude, this one was really interesting, because I, I don't know who this person is. I don't know who Stormzy is. Um... But it started out real smooth. That intro song. Um, fuck, what the hell is it called? Let's see here. Was it uh, fire? Yeah, fire plus water. Uh, I thought it was a really, really smooth intro. Really long, eight minutes for the intro song. Um, but then you got like some like you know heavier beats and stuff for uh, that second song. This is what I mean. Uh, and overall, going through the whole album, I thought I thought it was really good you know it wasn't 
too, too bad. It was a bit long overall for me, 51 minutes. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think they did a bad job. Um, I can see here, I'm assuming the, one of the singles was hide and seek because that has 24 million plays. Um, but yeah, I, I will say I really like the like simplistic album art that goes with it. Um, with just that letter sitting by the door. I think it's really, really cool. Uh, yeah, overall, I wound up giving it a 7 out of 10. Pretty chill. Hell yeah. Sebastian? Uh, I mostly thought the same. Uh, the guy's voice was very nice from the very beginning. Um, as he kept talking, somehow my pants were off by the end of the song. Didn't know how it happened, but it happened. It took about eight <laughs> minutes, but hey, it happened. Um, they also had Jacob Collier in the mix for actually a good couple of songs. And as you guys know, I'm a sucker for Jacob Collier. Uh, the guy is just musical gift. Beautiful beautiful man all around so it's good to see him on this project featured pretty heavily uh there was also really nice acoustic guitar i love the way it was mixed man like you can hear the scratching of the pick against the strings in like such high detail and i thought that was just really clean um i wish all acoustics could be mixed this well uh there's also a lot of ambiance on top just to like kind of finish off this nice little charcuterie board of musical taste it's really nice um the album uh definitely picked up in a couple of places and i'm glad it did because i don't know if i could have taken a whole bunch of just really slow r&b songs to kind of cap off the year but at the same time it did speed up uh especially with the next song um catch uh wait Okay, whatever. I don't have the next song listed, but <laughs> it's it was good. Uh, I like the sub bass and like the MIDI effects. It was cool. Uh, it was very clean, um, very good. Uh, I also just love the sampling as well. And uh, my presidents are black. I uh, had some cool chipmunk soul. I've, I've been seeing a lot more chipmunk soul this month. Yeah, like yeah, at yeah. least like from November to now. Even Breakin's had a little bit. Like, yeah, a, even, a little like, moment. A little bit of chipmunk going on. Like I don't know, Alvin's probably sneaking in that mixing room, man. He's going places. That damn chipmunk dude. Right. It's <laughs> it's 2007 and eight all over again. Uh, but yeah, this this album is nice. I just wish it wasn't as long as it was. Like Trent stated as well, that did kind of wear on me a little bit. But it was very well paced until the end, where it was kind of had like a lull. And I'm not saying LOL, just L-U-L-L. So every time I say that, please don't think I'm saying laughing out loud. Because that is the opposite of what the album was doing. Um, 7 out of 10. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, um, I was not really too hot with this album, uh, personally. Not ter- like It wasn't bad. It was just really boring for me. Um, it also might have to do with the fact that I wasn't expecting it to be such a slower, more so R&B kind of thing. Um, the title track, though, was pretty damn good, I will say. Like, that one was actually, like, you know, kind of get me a little bit more pumped up. I was like, oh, shit, this might be, like, a little bit more, like, kind of in your face than expected. But, unfortunately, this is really the only high point for me, you know, whereas, like, everything else kind of just, like, slows down or just stays at a very stagnant level. So, I was kind of like, oh, you know, well, this is disappointing. But I didn't know Jacob Collier had actually a lot to do with this album, or at least a, a couple songs, you know? That's, that's pretty cool. I, we, I, I like Jacob Collier, too, based on what you've uh, shown me and that concert we went to, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, it was uh, 
It was an album. I didn't realize he's a rapper, though. I would not categorize him as a rapper, so I'm like kind of curious as to why he's labeled that. But I guess the only other song I even knew about him prior, because like I also really didn't like know Stormzy, even though he's like pretty popular. He was on a Linkin Park song though for their last album, One More Light with Pusha T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good Goodbye. He was on there, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize that was him. So that's an interesting fact there, but uh. Other than that, yeah, this album just gets a 6 out of 10 for me. I just, yeah, wasn't wasn't fully vibing. But there you have it, though, with uh, albums done for 2022. This is it. We might have one more. If that SZA album is officially dropping in December, we will definitely like cover that because that is yes. a pretty big yes. release. Yes. And it's SZA, yes. so come yes. on. Yes, sir. But um, if there's any other big ones, too, that come out, maybe we'll do that, too. Maybe we'll do Metro Boomin's, that new album that came out today. We'll see. Uh, but before we go, album recommendations. Uh, let's start with you, Trent. What you got for us today? For the sake of it, um, for the sake of you, Nate, uh, oh, I'm just going to say Nightfall by Candlemas uh, <laughs> because it, it really is a good album. Uh, you know, the Well of Souls coming off of the intro uh, track, Gothic Stone. Well of Souls is such a great first song. And it really shows um, the vocalist's like power that he has. Like his vibratos are fucking nasty. Um, and then you have a slower song at Gallows, and uh, then one of my favorite Candlemas songs, uh, Samaritan. It's a really, really good song. Um, Bewitched, like their most well-known song, on there as well. Um, just a lot of good stuff on this fucking album, and it's really fucking good. So go check it out because their older stuff is wah, so good. It's wah. I'll add it. I for sure will add that. I might even do it tomorrow. Uh, good shit, Sebastian. So, uh, since we talked about Anderson Pac from JD and uh, what we call JD Beck and Dami's album. I wanted to talk about a an Anderson Pock album because I wanted to get more into the artist, so I'm checking out Oxnard. Uh, this album did not realize that it had some great ass features along with some great ass Pock performances. Wow! Uh, first of all, we got fucking Tints with Kendrick. Uh, Kendrick was on a lot of fucking tracks I didn't know about. For a while because i thought i knew like pretty much every kendrick song he's ever been on but yeah he was on this great job as usual i love uh the combination of like anderson pox like really jazzy playing and then uh kendrick's really smooth flows as per usual but i just love the way he fits over these type of instrumentations such a versatile rapper uh speaking of great fucking rappers brothers keeper has push a t uh cocaine's dr seuss <laughs> reporting live uh, that shit was fucking great. Uh, loved every bit of that. You even had a good J. Cole feature with Trippy, and even had Cheers with Q-Tip. Uh, honestly, there is not really that much fluff on this album. Uh, you can definitely tell he's just starting to get the hang of more, like, rap stylings with his vocals. I still don't really consider Anderson Pac to be, like, a rapper, per se, but the guy is definitely going in a great direction starting from here with trying to get into the stylings. And I think he fits it well without it being too forced. And yeah, if you guys want to get into, especially if you're fans of like Silk Sonic or anything Anderson Pac has been on lately, 
check out Oxnard. I think it's a good way to kind of introduce yourself to the man and also how he fits with other artists. I was going to say, it's his best album, too, by far, for sure. Uh, but, honest, all right, so you ready for this one? Yeah. You, both of you probably are not going to expect this, considering how I feel about, like, oldie albums, you know, older classic ones. I'm going with Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Okay. Like, I listened to wow. that today for the first time ever, and I was like, what the fuck? This is great. It's good. It's actually a yeah. really good album, because, like, obviously I knew the hits, you know, like... Was it fucking Dreams? Duh. Go Your Own Way. Who doesn't know that one? Um, what was the one? Uh, the Chain. I mean, of course. Right. But I was, was like, going to say, if you didn't say The Chain, I was going to be like, that, that is literally like the... the right. <laughs> no, like, I was madly impressed with, like, not only that, but, like, just some of the other songs, too. Like, the opening track, like, Secondhand News. Uh, awesome. Uh, I believe it was uh, Never Going Back Again. Is that one I yeah. saved? Um... Wait, where's my playlist? I, I have them right here. Uh, yes. Oh no, no, it was "Don't Stop." "Don't Stop." I fucked with a lot. Uh, you making love? You make love and fun. I don't want to know. And "Gold Dust Woman" were also some like big highlights for me. And even like some of the slower tracks, like you know, it just it was awesome. And like maybe it was also because I was listening to like the remaster of it. But like I don't know, man. It was great. It was really good. Highly recommend Fleetwood Mac rumors and. Uh, Anytime, like, someone, like, passes and everything, I'm always just like, yeah, I, I gotta, like, listen to them, you know, to, like, just f- get a feel of, like, what it was really, like, what their album actually sounded like, you know, and, like, hearing that, I was like, damn, I missed out. But... Fantastic writer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that's mine. Rumors. Fleetwood Mac. But, all right, that's gonna do it for this episode. Trent Sebastian, as always, thank you for joining. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. This has been the Music Corner of the State of Weights, and we are signing up.